Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 68 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 119 of WrestleTopia continues. Happy Wednesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was NXT 2.0 going down live from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. And last night was spring break in the first annual spring break edition of NXT and what a week it's been. I had a heart to heart with the Technicolor brand a couple of days ago via the Smackdown Wind Down slash AW Rampage Late Night Rager and those feelings still stand but then you look at last night's show and I love the first two matches. The back end of the show was decent to solid but this is what I want out of my NXT. I want really good professional wrestling well-fleshed-out characters that can be stars in the main roster. And above everything else, I just want a show that does not insult my intelligence via bad booking. Now, unfortunately, Horny Hours is still alive and well as we have Bikini Shots galore at the beach from Toxic Attraction. Mandy Rose got sunburnt at the tanning salon thanks to Wendy Chu. We got a jerk-off joke thanks to Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs because apparently his right hand is stronger than his left, which means he's been beating his junk a lot because he's a virgin. That's what they're going with on this show. And it's all so very heavy-handed, but it is what it is. It's Paul for the course as they try to engage a younger audience. I don't know if it's going to work long-term, but we'll see how it goes as they continue this sex experiment on Tuesday nights. But I will say I did get a kick out of Indy Hartwell and Duke Hudson looking at each other after losing their respective partners in a span of a week. Indy Hartwell lost her husband, Dexter Loomis, and Persia Parada due to NXT releases, and Duke Hudson lost his tag team partner and Persia Parada as well. And they thought, do we comfort each other during a time like this? And Indy looks at Duke and Duke looks at Indy and Duke goes in for a kiss and Indy says, hell no. And he says, Psh. so I did love that. And they do have a quirky chemistry that I can get behind. So why not go there at this point? We also had mob violence on last night's NXT as we had a meeting of the families involving Legado de Fantasma and Tony D'Angelo. And AJ Galante was kidnapped by Santos and company. So kidnapping hours are upon us as well as... Legato and Tony D'Angelo fight for the rights to own the NXT territory in Orlando. But here's my larger question. Who is the babyface in this situation? Is it notable, lovable gangsters Legato or notable, lovable mobster Tony D'Angelo? I don't know where my allegiances lie. Who will stand out on top of this mob war? We shall see in due time as we make the transition to the last night's spring break-in featuring Cameron Grimes defending the NXT North America Championship versus Carmelo Hayes and Solo Sequoia in a triple threat match. And I thought this was by far the best match from last night's show. These three dudes went out there and put on a show. I loved how Carmelo got popped in the face courtesy of Cameron Grimes and Solo early on before he got back body dropped by Solo and Carmelo had to take a breather on the outside as Cameron Grimes and Solo put in that work against each other in the ring. Eventually Carmelo delivered a beautiful springboard clothesline to Solo Sequoia then he follows things up with that rebound springboard leg drop to Cameron Grimes and he's standing tall shooting his shot as we go picture in picture. We come back and things heat up as... 
Cameron Grimes is going to block a powerbomb attempt from Carmelo Hayes. And by doing so, Solo super kicks Cameron Grimes to a cold red by Carmelo Hayes for a very close near far. We got an insane Tower of Doom spot as Cameron Grimes went to superplex Carmelo Hayes from the top rope. But Solo Sequoia came through in the clutch and powerbomb Grimes as Grimes simultaneously superplexed Carmelo in a great spot that popped the crowd with a holy shit chant. From there, all three men are trading strikes in the ring and... Solo Sequoia is able to drop both Grimes and Carmelo Hayes with exploders in the corner, and he goes for a double hip attack to both men before powerbombing Carmelo Hayes on top of Cameron Grimes, and he picks up Carmelo for a spinning Uranagi for a close near fall. Grimes does drop Solo with an enziguri and hits both men with a double Rana at the same time. Then he hits Carmelo Hayes with a poison Rana, goes for the cave-in, but he gets caught with a code breaker by Carmelo Hayes, and Hayes is going up top for the leg drop, but Solo Sequoia kicks him in midair with a super kick and goes up top for the splash, and the fans are going crazy, but Grimes breaks things up, and Solo goes after Grimes, and from there, Solo picks up Carmelo Hayes. He is going to go for the Samoan drop, but unbeknownst to him, Grimes is up top to deliver a double foot stomp to Solo while holding Carmelo Hayes and he pinned Solo to retain the NXT North American Championship. This match was so good. Everybody had the working boots on and from the assisted hip toss into Arana, courtesy of Grimes to Hayes and ultimately to Solo, this match was going to be an absolute banger and I loved it. This is why I love NXT for matches like this. When you see the growth of Solo Sequoia before our very eyes, he is going to be an asset to the main roster very soon, preferably as a part of the bloodline as the family is truly reunited at long last. The fans love him and he's going to be over as a star in due time. Grimes has lost a crowd a bit recently, but the work is undeniable and Carmelo Hayes simply does not miss, even though we got the L last night in this triple threat match. But I thought this was a great way to kick off spring break and it gave me renewed hope of what NXT 2.0 can be if they stick to great wrestling action like this. Next up was the in-ring debut of Nathan Fraser versus Grayson Waller. And I thought this was another really good match and Nathan Fraser has got a great entrance. The theme music is on point. He oozes star power, and I just love the lighting and the presentation of his introduction to 2.0 officially. He came across as a big-time star, and you got the announcers calling out his relationship with Seth Rollins, the guy that trained him from the roots up nearly four years ago, and you see his growth from AEW to NXT UK, and he has what it takes to be a big-time star in WWE as well if he's given a fair shake. And I thought Grayson Waller had one of his better performances last night as he kept up with Nathan Fraser throughout, despite eating a couple of missed drop kicks along the way but he slowed down the pace by laying out Fraser with a nasty lariat on the floor as we go picture in picture. We come back and Waller slowing down the pace a bit as he's able to avoid the tope from Nathan Fraser. but Fraser comes through in the clutch with that tope to Grayson Waller on the outside and he's going for the Phoenix splash, but he rose through and Waller hits him with this inverted blockbuster, which is pretty badass, very, very close in your fall. Waller goes for that through the rope stunner, but... Nathan Frazier catches him with not one super kick, but two for a very near fall. So he's going up on the top ropes once again, going for a Spanish fly, but he takes a gnarly bump off the ropes and on the floor. And as this is happening, we have Chase University having an impromptu prep rally for Nathan Fraser and Andre Chase blows an air horn to distract Grayson Wall who's on the top rope himself. He trips, he falls, and Nathan Frazier hits this gorgeous Phoenix splash 
for the win. And I thought this was a great victory for Nathan Fraser to cap off a pretty fun debut officially on NXT 2.0. This dude has what it takes to be a star. He truly does. If they just go with it, I think about a kid from a couple of months ago and how he was called up here a little bit too soon prior to Stand and Deliver. I would love for a kid and Nathan Frazier just to deliver stateside and feud with Cameron Grimes over the North American Championship. That would be a blast to see this summer if WWE truly goes in that direction. But I'm not going to discount Grayson Waller either because he can hold his own in the ring and the personality stands out in a good way. He's a great douchebag, but above all else, he's able to really showcase what he can do when given the opportunity to do so. And he impressed me when he sold that ladder pump at Stand and Deliver, making everyone think he broke his arm when he was really selling his ass off. And that was like, hey, I see you. I respect the craft that you're putting on display here. And he has the potential to also be a standout star in the main roster eventually if he continues to improve in the ring, which we see by the week on 2.0. Next up is a tag team match featuring the team of Cora Jade and Nikita Lyons versus Natalia and Lash Legend. And this match was fine. Now, last week, for the first minute or so, I really enjoyed Lash Legend versus Nikita Lyons. When they lay in their shit, it's great. They ran the ropes and then the match fell apart. Thankfully, there are no disasters last night as Natalia was the ring general for it all as her and Lash Legend isolated Corey Jade away from Nikita Lyons for the majority of this match after Corey Jade laid out Lash Legend with her Karana early on. Eventually, Nikita got the hot tag and she delivered several strikes and kicks to Natalia, but eventually Lash did get in there and she went after Nikita Lyons with some ground a pound but as she was in position to have this match won natalia accidentally kicks lash in the face and they have a bit of a miscommunication in the ring and that leads to nikita lyons hitting that jumping split on lash before making the tag to Corey jade as Corey hits the set top from the top rope to pin lash legend and i'm assuming that natalia and lash legend will have a meeting of the minds that could lead to a match on 2.0 very soon the match was fine it was not always pretty but it was able to be held together by this seasoned vet Natalia who is trying to offer her experience and wisdom to the ladies of NXT 2.0. Next up is Creed Brothers versus the Viking Raiders. And this was the epitome of a big hoss battle. And the Viking Raiders overwhelmed the Creeds. They picked up Julius for the Viking experience quickly. But Julius kicked out and they were getting their asses handed to them by Eric and Ivar. This was a one-sided beatdown. Every time the Creed started to make a comeback, they'll be overwhelmed by strikes and power slams courtesy of the Viking Raiders. At one point, Ivar splashed Brutus on the floor. As we go picture in picture, we come back and Brutus is trying to make a pretty good comeback against the Viking Raiders, but he is also taken down by Eric and Ivar. And at one point, Brutus is powerbombed by Ivar, but Brutus kicks out. Julius gets the high tag. And he and Ivar are fighting for position on the top rope. Julius fights back and he delivers a fucking vertical superplex to Ivar in a gnarly spot that pops a crowd. But he is overwhelmed by that tandem top rope leg drop by the Viking Raiders for a close near fall. Brutus sends Ivar over the top rope and they're on the floor scrapping. And that leads to a little bit of chicanery courtesy of Roderick Strong. The new leader of Diamond Mine since Malcolm Bivens was cut from WWE a few days ago. And unbeknownst to poor Julius, Roderick Strong hits a drive-by running knee to Eric. And Julius lowers the boom via a lariat on Eric for the win. And the Creed brothers celebrate. But upon instant replay that they see on the big screen, they notice that, oh, you helped us win by cheating? 
We don't like that. We want to win fair and square. So this could lead to some dissension between the Creed brothers and Roddy Strong very soon. And it should be noted that Roderick Strong has asked for his release from WWE on multiple occasions and he has been denied every single time. I think he re-signed a new deal late last year and that deal does not run out until maybe 2024. So if they're trying to write him out, in a respectful manner, then getting excommunicated from the diamond mine would be the way to go. And what better way to really say adieu to NXT than really put over Brutus and Julius Creed in singles matches or triple threat situations because I think those matches would absolutely kick ass and they would learn a wealth of knowledge and experience from Roderick Strong before he leaves WWE whenever the time calls for it. But all in all, a very good match and one of the better Creed Brothers matches because they worked from underneath. They had to really put in that work against the Viking Raiders who lit into them from the opening bell. And I gotta say, this was a very impressive outing for the Viking Raiders. It gave me War Machine vibes from the time of Ring of Honor and I loved it. They were aggressive. They were gnarly. They were mean. And it's very funny to me how stars that come for the main roster hop through the NXT portal and they just click. And it is hope the energy translates back to the main roster for them because they can still be a very viable tag team on SmackDown if given an opportunity, of course. And now it is time for our main event featuring Braun Breaker versus Joe Gacy for the NXT Championship. And this crowd was not here for this match. We had some trolling saying, let's go Breaker, let's go Gacy, in what world? (laughs) We had Druids looking on from the crowd midway through this match, and Joe Gacy has moments of being very good, including a nice rebound clothesline to Breaker on the outside as we go to commercial break. We come back, and Gacy's still working over Bond. Breaker hits you and I here, a powerbomb there for a very close near fall. Breaker responds with a middle rope bulldog for a close near fall. He goes for the Gorilla Press Slam, but Joe Gacy avoids that, and he slows down the pace once again. At one point, he has Braun Breaker in position for that springboard lariat, but Braun Breaker is able to block that and hit the spear to retain the NXT Championship, and it should be noted there were a couple of moments when Braun went for a very not good belly-to-belly suplex. The execution was bad. I don't know if Joe Gacy didn't get up for it or Braun and pop those hips to really execute the move properly, but it's a rare miss for him because normally he's great at delivering overheads and belly-to-belly suplexes for maximum effect. And he did get the win to retain the championship. As I mentioned, the crowd was just kind of uh for it. The feud has been very bad with the Druids and the push off the balcony a few weeks ago on 2.0 and Braun getting these really mixed reactions from the crowd. It's not helping matters whatsoever. And as the show goes off the air, we get a nitro finish as we have the two druids in red masks standing behind Braun Breaker. And we don't know if he got got to quote our truth. So all in all, it was an underwhelming way to end a good show that was good for an hour. We picked up steam towards the middle part of the show, but the ending kind of fell flat for me. And I just felt like this was an okay episode of NXT 2.0, a step up from the last few weeks. But I missed Malcolm Bivens and Dexter Loomis. I miss Persia Parada. I miss Dakota Kai. Those absences really hit last night because they were a part of storylines that feel really incomplete right now. And Biv talking for Diamond Mind, standing up for Brutus Julius against a one-man power trip known as Wattic Strong these days. But it wasn't meant to be. And I just feel like these cuts cut a little bit deeper this time around when you're really messing with what you thought was going to be the formula to work with on 2.0 and you cut some quality people in the process and we see how they reshuffle the deck heading into 
eventually in your house in the Great American Bash, which could be a Peacock special this year in July, but we shall see about that as we get closer to the date. So an okay edition of NXT, a bit of redemption from the last few weeks, but we'll see the follow through as the women's breakout tournament kicks off next Tuesday on USA. And with that, this wraps up episode number 68 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Later Wrestling X on Twitter and our Instagram at Wrestletopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop in the my daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, such Receptopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Tune Plus, Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 62 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. Until then, enjoy your hump day. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. 